Hello and welcome to another episode of RT Plus. Uh, today we're going to talk about the HMT consultation paper on the regulation of buy now, pay later products. And I'm delighted to be joined by Matthew Gregory and Joe Bamford, both of whom work in our financial services team in London. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Joe. Hi. Good morning. So before we kick off, um, I think it's probably with the actual detail of the paper itself, it's probably just worth uh, understanding uh, the background to this. So Matthew, uh, perhaps we can go to you first on this. So um, obviously there was a, a Willard, the V Willard review rather on this earlier in the year. Um, is it possible to just give us a very brief summary of, of how we get to uh, this paper and, and where we are today? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Sarah. So you're right. There was a, a review conducted by the former interim CEO of the FCA, Chris Woolard, uh, which was published earlier in the year. And that was in the review focused on innovation and change in the unsecured credit market. And so it was pretty wide ranging, but the headline grabbing announcement that came out of that review was a recommendation that what is currently unregulated by now, pay later, should become uh, the focus of regulation by the FCA. And the, there were a number of reasons for that, but part of the concern that was raised by the Woolard review was actually the pace of change in the unregulated BNPR market. So over the course of 2020, the value of transactions using BNPL had tripled. Around 5 million individuals had used a BNPL product since the start of the pandemic. And also the value of transactions over the course of 2020 was almost three, three billion pounds. And so I think all of those statistics suggested that this sector, which is currently unregulated, should be potentially brought within scope of regulation. And fairly hot off the heels of that review, there were a series of letters published between John Glenn, the Economic Secretary, and uh, Chris Woolard and others at the FCA, in which the Treasury committed to conduct a review and also in principle to bringing these products within scope of regulation. And so that's where we are now. This has been a long awaited consultation. And um, there's been a lot of interest in it, as you might imagine, uh, across the market. Absolutely. And, and, and thank you for that. That's, uh, that's very useful, uh, Pracy, of, where, of how we've got to, uh, to where we are. Now, this paper was published yesterday, so it was on the 21st uh, of October. So, Matthew, obviously, you've had uh, a first take at it. Um, what are the sort of what would you say are the initial kind of your initial macro thoughts uh, on the paper? Yeah, th thanks very much. I, I mean, in very high level terms, I think you can see the Treasury here in consultative mode. So the throughout the paper, there are suggestions as to the direction of travel from HM Treasury. And in a number of areas, those, uh, those indications will be very welcome by both retailers and lenders. I think it's fair to say that the Treasury is open, very open, in fact, to discussion with industry as to the best way in which to calibrate the regime going forwards. In terms of more specific uh, items, some of the areas that those who are listening will be, be keen to hear are around authorization of merchants as potential credit brokers. The indication from the Treasury at this stage is that they wouldn't expect that to be a proportionate outcome. There are a number of areas where the Treasury is keen for the type of products which will be brought within scope of regulation and um, to be subject to more flexible, more dynamic regulation from the FCA through their rules and guidance rather than through the application of um, more formalistic requirements in the CCA 1974. But I suppose one of the other key points to make from this paper is that there are a number of different categorizations of lending products under discussion here from invoicing mm -hmm. arrangements through to what 
the Treasury refers to as BNPL in the paper, and then short-term interest-free credit. And there are distinctions between all of those, and it certainly looks to us as though there's going to be quite a delicate balance uh, to be struck by the Treasury in terms of the perimeter. Um, it's not completely clear at this stage where the perimeter will be drawn. The Treasury have got a few different suggestions as to how that might be achieved. Um, and perhaps I'll hand over to Joe because uh, we've been discussing that a little bit already. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it, it is quite interesting, actually, how they're going to approach the, the scope issue. I mean, they in the paper, they've really drawn a distinction between these three categories. You've got invoicing where so the merchant is just providing you know normal payment terms of 30 days mm -hmm. to to you know for the consumer to pay for the goods um which i think everyone in the treasury appears to say they want to remain outside of, of the scope for these purposes and, and people don't want authorization for that the other two categories are then what they term the buy now pay later and the short-term interest-free credit i mean maybe slightly um not entirely accurately named short-term <laughs> interest-free credit because it appears the distinction they draw is actually that that's the longer term credit rather than the BMPL. The BMPL being these more sort of, um, you know, three to four month, potentially sure. um, shorter term, lower value, large volume um, arrangements with people using or to buy fashion items, et cetera. Whereas the short term interest-free credit is intended to be capturing more the sort of gym memberships, um, mm -hmm. season tickets, or where you go and buy um, a large electrical sports item, get your large Peloton bike or something like that. Yeah. And it's over a full year. I think, you know, there is definitely a, I think it, the Treasury is struggling to work out exactly where to draw the line between the two yeah. because there is such a big overlap technically um, between them. And I think in, in the consultation paper, the two options that they've set out really, I think, go to that in the sense that they're either saying that they will essentially the way that they draw it in terms of the actual legislation may end up capturing some of that short term interest free credit that they're not as concerned about regulating. Um, mm. And then I guess they may subsequently need to relook at the scope or alternatively, it's whether they try and just narrowly tackle the BMPL uh, scope. But I think they accept that there's potential for businesses to really restructure their their models to potentially get around it and fall within other exemptions. So I think it's a challenge for them. And obviously, that's why they're, they're putting out the consultation to, to understand more. Um, and I think that's definitely why it'd be helpful for, I think, for firms, you know, to get in contact and respond to the consultation to try and help model that going forwards. Sure. And is it, I mean, you know, if we sort of read the consultation as it, as it is today, is it therefore possible that, you know, um, if some of these, I mean, they're, they're quite soft proposals, I think it's probably fair to say at the moment, but if they if they go through that, that certain firms may actually have to be regulated in respect to three different types of, of, of credit in this area, is that would you say that's a possibility yeah absolutely absolutely you you know a lot of the people that do provide these sort of well they rely on the 60f2 exemption at the moment also provide regulated loans to the cca so they have this sort of two-track model at the moment but if we end up particularly in a in a situation where the, the government and the treasury do manage to try and narrowly regulate bmpl but they they somehow carve out the short-term free interest credit you may have well have people on sort of a three-track model and I mean, this goes a bit to you know, what Matt had touched on as well on the proportionate application of the actual rules to BMPL when it, if it is brought within scope, you, you will end up as well with the sort of three different types of conduct rules in that you will have mm. this your fully unregulated short uh, short term interest free credit, this proportionately regulated, potentially somewhat bespoke regime for the mm. um, BMPL, particularly on terms of what the actual agreement will look like. And then obviously the full on CCA 
um, requirement for your regulated, regulated fully regulated standard as it is now. So yeah, I mean, it will pose um, operational compliance challenges definitely for firms going forward. Thanks for that, Joe. Um, Matthew, what are the next steps now uh, in respect of this consultation paper? Yeah, thanks. I, I mean, as Joe mentioned, I think it's really important for industry to make their responses and to have proactive engagement with Treasury on this. Uh, we continue to have engagement with Treasury and we'll be hosting events uh, later this year. So do get in touch with us um, if you'd like to be part of that. Um, the consultation closes in January. I think it'd be important to uh, model the potential impacts of the proposals, albeit acknowledging that there are a couple of different possibilities as to the outcome on scope, um, but certainly reflecting on the impact on the customer journey. I think the Treasury is quite keen to understand uh, how that could be disrupted. You'll notice some uh, comments within the consultation, for example, around friction in the customer journey, because clearly one of the features of the BNPL market is that smooth and efficient digital customer journeys have become very much the norm. There is a you know, tension, I suppose, in, uh, which is acknowledged in the consultation there about whether or not that gives borrowers enough time to reflect on the proposal. Um, so having regard to these sorts of comments and remarks and picking up the direction of travel is, is all going to be really important. So I think those are the immediate next steps. We'll continue to reflect on the document. You mentioned it only arrived yesterday. And as I say, we'll be continuing to have discussions and engagement with our clients and, and with government on it. So um, very exciting time. Brilliant. Well, watch this space. OK, thank you so much, Matthew. And thank you so much, Joe. To all of you out there, do stay tuned uh, to regulationtomorrow.com to um, see any additional material which we will be uh, publishing on this uh, very, very hot topic uh, in the coming weeks and months. We'll catch you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.